Welcome in. This is the Sunday edition of the PFF betting podcast. Heavy focus on props. We are going to talk a little bit about the Circa Sports Millionaire Contest as well. We don't have official consensus uh, picks for that yet, but we are going to talk a little bit about George Tahiri's what he likes from that contest, his five picks, and maybe, you know, compare those to where the market's at this point in time to maybe find just a little bit of that betting value. So, George, how are you feeling about the circuit contest and week three in general coming up here? I, look, I, every week, um, so my buddy uh, Ross uh, and I do this every single uh, year. We've done the super contest in past years and switched over to the circuit millions this year. And our joke is that whenever we really like our five picks, it's just like, we're going 0 and five, right? <laughs> you know, right, it's like, right. Oh, these feel great. We're going 0 and five. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a really fun thing to do. It's like, I would encourage people. If you have a friend that you like often find yourself talking about football with just split it and go in and like, it forces you to talk to one another, you know, right. once a week. And it's great. You know, whether you end up being competitive or not. And I don't know if I've told you, Ben, my horror story about the super contest. I've heard um, it, but I want to hear it again. That's the, that's okay. how bad it so, is. So, so for the people that are out here listening, it's been, it's been a little while. I think it was the second year that we were in it and, um, heading into week 14, um, our team was in second place and, um, what's the payout for proceeded. first? That's, what's the payout for first again? I, I was, I, the payout for first was well, well over a million dollars. I remember right. correctly. Um, and we were, we were really not that far off first. Um, and so, you know, I, we're sitting there like obviously taking this very, very seriously. Right. And I cannot tell you what a nightmare finish we had, but the, the epitome of it was we had the Colts with Jacoby Brissett against the bills in this snowstorm. Right. And, uh, I, I think it was at Vinatieri misses, a. uh, like an extra point, misses a field goal, and Shady McCoy like scampers into the end zone in right. overtime. I remember that. <laughs> uh, when like a field goal by the Bills would have won them the game and also like would have covered uh, for you. Kept like kept the cover. It was a nightmare. Anyway, yeah. so that's that's my nightmare story about the super we, contest that I know everyone wanted to hear. But I mean, you were knocking on the doorstep, right? And I do think you brought up a good point because not only are we trying to have some success with sports betting, but it also is a community. It also is a way to kind of connect with some people that maybe you don't, you know, have too many other interests or common things. And I do, th- I do like the idea of kind of going at it with a friend. And you know, you never know what's going to happen. It is, you know, a thousand dollars basically. You are probably going to bet that anyways throughout the whole season. Yep. So you do get a good sweat. And like George, you can finish uh, up there. I know you still moneyed that year, got some money back. And it is, you know, one of those times where you could end up with a once in a lifetime sweating out a million dollars. So I love it. I'm on board at this point in time. I want to get in. I do want to get in the circa million here next year. I, I played, I played the super contest once. Uh, it didn't go all that well. There were some other things happening. So I decided not to play it again, but it is something that I want to add back into my arsenal here. Uh, in 2022, for sure. I think you've convinced me of that, but we will, we will see. So what do you, what do you got for week? Yeah. What do you got for week three here? I guess. So, so last week I thought it was really, I thought it was a good um, conversation about the consensus picks. We're recording this a little earlier in the day on Saturday um, because of extenuating circumstances. So we don't have them yet. I'm going to make some guesses uh, about what I think the consensus picks are. And then I'll tell you which ones um, I settled on now. I'm going to cheat a little bit. Um, if anyone listens to this podcast, doesn't listen to the whale crapper podcast with Drew Dinsick and Andy Molitor, 
a fantastic betting podcast. We have them on the forecast. Um, Eric and I do a bunch and, and they are awesome. And Drew and Andy are in this contest. So I, I talked to Drew a bunch about this and I asked him what he thought the consensus picks were. And I have in my head what I think they are. Um, and so, so let's kind of go through here and I've got a couple. The first one that I think is almost guaranteed to be a consensus pick uh, is the Bucks minus one and a half, right? It was plus one and a half on Sunday evening. Eric and I talked about you. That was our favorite pick. We teased it. I teased it everywhere I possibly could with the chiefs. Generally um, it's now bucks minus one and a half. My guess is that Tom Brady playing in LA will, will, um, will not, you know, dissuade too many people. The reason I bring this up, Ben, is I have a hypothesis that I want to run by you. Let's okay? hear it. And this aligns to a player prop. My favorite player prop this week is Tom Brady over two and a half passing touchdowns. And uh, people have come back and said, oh, you're an idiot. Uh, the Rams are a really good defense. Look at what happened last year. Um, Mike Evans is going to sh- get shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. Antonio Brown might be out with COVID, yada, 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 yada. Uh, first off that game against uh, the Rams last year before the bye week without Ali Marpet. Um, when he came back, their offensive line got together and it was after the bye that they figured things out. Right. Um, so I just want to, you know, throw that out there. Uh, the second thing is, do you remember when Tom Brady went on LeBron's TV show, the shop? I don't know if I actually recall that okay. pop culture reference. Well, at this point, but... well, when he went on the show, there is a famous quote that went viral where Brady was talking about how he was debating which team to go to after the Patriots. And there was a team that he did not name where he said, I can't believe they chose this fucking guy over me. You're really going to stick with this fucking guy. And I apologize for the cursing, but that's what he said on the show. Okay. So everyone immediately said, Oh, that's gotta be Jimmy G. Maybe it's Derek Carr. Maybe it's Ryan Tannehill. Okay. Jimmy G had just gone to the Super Bowl. There's no reason to believe that Brady did not like Jimmy G, but rather that it was Belichick who liked him. Right. Okay. I'm throwing right. that one out. Right. Um, Ryan Tanhill actually played well. The Titans are in Tennessee. He's not playing for the fucking Titans. Yeah. Brady can go wherever he wants. He's not going to Tennessee. I know okay. people love Tennessee. Uh, I love Tennessee. It's not where he's going. No, so. no. The Raiders. You're kidding me. Tom Brady going to that Raiders team to get out of Dodge. You know, the team that would have been perfect for Tom Brady, that had a lot of talented players, that was a place that Giselle wanted to live, that had a brand new fucking stadium, the Los Angeles Rams. Do you know who their quarterback was? It was Jared Goff. Did Jared Goff look good in that season before Brady left for Tampa Bay in 2019? No, he did not. That is the team, in my mind, that Tom Brady wanted to go to. They decided to stick with Jared Goff because Sean McVay wanted him. And Tom Brady is going to torch the Los Angeles Rams because of that. That right. is my wild hypothesis for this week. I'm sorry for that tangent. I love I had it. Though. To get it on, I had to get it on wax. I mean, I think it's actually, it fits, right? Like, cause I, I do remember that specific quote. I didn't know it actually happened on the bronze James shows. That probably shows how out of touch I am, but <laughs> him going to LA actually made a ton of sense. I do think he wanted to get into the NFC. I do think he th- thought that was probably the easier path to get to the Super Bowl at that time. So I do think the Rams narrative actually makes a ton of sense. And I do, I do actually, I can completely get down that rabbit hole and expect Tom Brady to potentially perform even better than what he has. Right. I mean, obviously he turned it on last year, you know, at that certain point, but he's been 
you know, continuing on here to start 2021. So I think they're on a little bit of a rampage. I love it. I love, I love Tom Brady over 2.5 pass touchdowns. I think I like that maybe even more uh, than the Buccaneers at minus one and a half. What one, if you were choosing only one, George, what side would you be on? Yeah, it's my, it's plus 120, plus 130, depending on where you get it. Right. I've got, I've waffled back and forth here. Um, I think, I think I like the touchdowns one a little bit more. That's why we chose it as a lock of the week on the forecast. Right. I have tried to parlay them together uh, in a bunch of different places and been rejected in a few. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like both of those. Um, okay. Let me continue with what I think the um, consensus picks will be. I, I like um, uh, Baltimore as a consensus pick. They've had two kind of high profile games, the chiefs victory, um, they're playing the lions. The lions just got kind of blown out. I think that could be one along the same vein. I think the Cardinals, um, interestingly right. could be one. I, I think, um, I think they're the ahead. most public side upcoming here for week three. I do think that everybody basically is on the Cardinals from what I've been reading, seeing and hearing. Yeah. Um, so I do think that is definitely the correct spot. Yeah. I think that that's one. Another one that I think will be pretty popular are the Titans because uh, they're playing the Colts. They're minus five and a half. And we've got either Carson Wentz with broken feet or right. uh, what appears to be the Brett Hundley experience. And the Titans, you know, ran over the Seahawks. I actually think that's kind of an interesting one. By the way, the Cardinals minus seven and a half in Jacksonville um, and the Ravens minus eight in Detroit. Um the others that I, that I could see being popular picks, I really think the Packers plus three and a half right. will be a, a popular pick based on that high profile win uh, on Monday night. And the 49ers, while they are two and zero and covered, um, they did not cover the closing line against the Lions. And uh, Jimmy G has not been particularly um, exciting. Um, Another one that I could see also being a, a popular pick here and, and potentially a consensus um, are the Buffalo Bills. Um, Bills minus seven and a half. That line has come down kind of dramatically. It right. was minus nine and a half. And so based on a little bit of that line movement, I could see that one um, being popular as well. Any yeah. that you think um, I missed that you could see being consensus picks? I'm, I'm not quite sure. One line that has stuck out to me basically all week, and I'm not sure why it's not further out is the Seahawks minus one and a half mm. traveling into Minnesota. I do think people still buy into this home field advantage situation, maybe specifically in Minnesota, but I just don't see why the Seahawks wouldn't be uh, closer to a field goal differential in that matchup. So that's one that jumps out at me. Um, but I really think you hit the nail on the head. I do think outside of, you know, the Buccaneers probably won. Cardinals probably too. I do think that Packers at plus three and a half, especially given the fact that it's moved down to just a field goal differential at this point in time. I do think that's probably going to be the third best one. Um, but then I would maybe throw in there Seahawks or the other, mm -hmm. the other ones that you mentioned, I do think is probably how it's going to go, but I'm excited. We're going to have to see what actually happens. What, um, you know, it could be yeah. an interesting one, but I, I like that you brought up the Seahawks. So I'll tell you my, um, choices where I landed here. Uh, Seahawks are one of, um, my picks, uh, the bucks were as well. Not uh, like I try not to pick popular games, but like at the end of the day, I pick the games that I believe in, right. um, and that our models believe in, um, my favorite bet, uh, along with the bucks on Sunday night was Washington football team plus nine and a half still like them at plus seven and a half. 
reason being that bill's thumping of the dolphins was, I thought maybe the biggest difference between results and actual process of any game last week. Josh Allen did not grade. Well, the dolphins lost their quarterback on like the first play. Um, Jacoby Brissett, he gets thrown in there and they're just a nightmare. Right. Um, the Washington football team has been a, just a, a really solid team in terms of like they're forcing contested catches at a high rate. Um, they obviously have a very good defensive line. And I think the Taylor Heineke is a huge step down from Ryan Fitzpatrick narrative is probably overblown. Right. Right. 100%. Um, yeah, 1000%. And then, um, uh, the dolphins plus four. I know they're starting Jacoby Brissett here in Las Vegas, Derek Carr, a little banged up. The, the Raiders have played two really good, you know, tough teams, really good. I've stopped short there. They, they beat the Ravens obviously in overtime. They then go to Pittsburgh. That is a challenging place to play high profile game. They win there. Um, Pittsburgh, really physical team. They now come back to Las Vegas and play the dolphins before I believe playing the chargers. Um, and this dolphins team, obviously without Tua getting four, um, I felt was, um, a, a nice value. And I, you know, Jacoby Brissett, like, as I talked about earlier, I can't quit Jacoby Brissett. Can't quit. Um, can't quit him. and then I think maybe my favorite of the five picks, um, in this contest, because it, um, is one that I think is counterintuitive to a lot of people is the lions plus eight. The lions were covering and playing well against the Packers until the rain came down and turned Jaron Goff's tiny hands into, you know, sticks of butter. And they, their offense is good. The Ravens have come off a really tough game and long game against the Raiders. And then an incredible win against the chiefs and are now going to Detroit. Uh, Lamar Jackson, a little banged up, right? Um, I mean, the whole team is banged up, right? That was the narrative going into right. Kansas city and kind of what moved the line in that direction as well as the Ravens are banged up and they're still banged up and people all of a sudden don't buy into it. Right. So, but yep. can we continue on with the lions? I, I like this pick a lot. So I, I just think it makes from a spot perspective and then also from a, what actually happened last week perspective. I just talked about the lions. I thought they played and looked better. Uh, then, um, you know, then the results showed and on the Ravens side, they were a Patrick Mahomes worst throw of his career away from maybe losing by two scores and end up winning that game, getting a Clyde Edwards Hilaire fumble uh, at the end of the game too. And that I think is going to be overvalued. So, um, I think, you know, the right line there is probably more like six and a half, seven, Right. Um, and getting across seven, I thought was a great opportunity. So, yeah. um, those are the, uh, those are the ones that I, that I ended up going with, uh, or that Ross and I, my buddy and I ended up going with. Those are the, that is the five and no picks. I think right here, I think yeah, honestly, right. The, the only, five. Yeah. The only one I actually do disagree with at this point, not necessarily disagree with, um, is the dolphins. That's probably the one that I would feel the most nervous about that line has moved in their direction. So I definitely understand they could be somewhat popular in the circuit contest now that the line's at three and a half for them. People obviously see that value, might be picking them a little bit more. But I don't know, this Raiders team was a team that, you know, our simulation liked quite a bit in the offseason. I think mm-hmm. that's only been reinforced for the first two weeks. So it's a spot that I'm just not not quite ready to fade. John Gruden, Derek Carr, 
at home here um, on Sunday. So I think they could potentially be the one spot that I'm nervous for you on, but we will see. The it's one I trip fun. up on. Yeah, the one you trip up on. But still, I see a four in one week at least uh, coming Thanks. in, which should put you right into con- contention at this point. So we will see. But okay, so we talked Circa. We got one player prop. This That was the lock of the week, like George said, on the PFF forecast. Tom Brady, over 2.5 passing touchdowns. Let's hear one or two more. Get the people going. Make sure that they get in. Check out that player props tool on PFF.com because it has been basically printing money for the first two weeks of the season. But let's hear what ones, George, have you kind of picked out and identified as spots that you're betting coming up here on Sunday? Yes. Um, I absolutely love the Tom Brady um, prop, as I just mentioned. Uh, I'll give you uh, my next one that I really, really like. Um, this is a game that we didn't talk about, but that I was very close to picking. It was in the last couple that I was debating between, and this is Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh, um, Pittsburgh potentially without big Ben or really hurt big Ben, no TJ Watt, no Alex Highsmith. They do blitz a lot. So Joe Burrow over three and a half rushing yards. That's right. Three and a half rushing yards. I actually might like this is if it weren't for Tom Brady and my batshit crazy narrative, this would be my favorite one. I love this. Uh, Joe Burrow and his knee will scamper for four plus yards. Right. I mean, this was actually my favorite one. I do have an article coming out tomorrow. It is my top play Joe Burrow over 3.5 rushing yards. He hasn't been below 7.5 rushing yards uh, until this week. I do think the ACL injury information or injury situation with him not moving out of the pocket as much. Uh, has been extremely overblown. He has taken nine sacks to start the season. I think he's going to be able to escape one time if he does over 3.5 rushing yards. That's basically a lock at that point. So I absolutely love that one. I think we have a thousand percent agreement once again on that particular play. Do you have, you know, one or two other ones that are oh, kind you, of, you got, you got to give me, you got to give me okay, one. We gotta okay. Okay. Here. I have be fair. This is, that is fair. That is very true. Okay. So one, um, there are a couple that I really like one that I have been riding quite a bit. Marcus Valdez Scantling under 2.5 mm-hmm. receptions. Obviously the guy only really looks like a deep threat at this point in time, a little bit of a decoy situation. Hasn't been running uh, a ton of routes. He's sitting in that like 60% range. They do have a number of other guys. If there's going to be receivers getting the lower average depth of target, you know, opportunities. I do think it's going to be Randall Cobb. I do think it's going to be, you know, Amari Rogers and Devante Adams. He's going to be only running deep. He could connect with Aaron Rodgers on one. Obviously, they missed two that they probably should have completed on Monday night. Didn't happen. I think in the best case scenario for him, he goes two receptions. So I definitely love under 2.5 receptions at plus 116 price. I just think it's a spot that they're still kind of overvaluing him as a deep receiving threat. Um, And it's probably just not going to happen as often as it even did last year. So that's one that I definitely like. I like that one. You had that written up for Monday night. I rode you on that. And um I, uh, I really like, I, I thought it made a ton of sense. And it was funny. You talked about like, you're going to hit the deep ball or they're not. And <laughs> I do think he got a deep target. And he had it wasn't two, I think he had two, yeah. He had one two. that was a really close deep target. And I think he kind of had one that was not even close to catchable. But yeah, that's the yeah. one you just, you're going to sweat out with Marcus Valdez Scantling, but it is tough to hit though. So I do like that play quite a bit still. So, okay. The next one comes from the Tampa Bay Los Angeles game as well. And this is uh, Mike Evans. Um, Mike Evans, uh, receiving props, four and a half catches, depending on where you get it, you might see 64 and a half, um, as the line I've seen 63 and a half in places. Um, I think 
it, I'm not sure which one you like more, but here's the narrative. Jalen Ramsey shadowed Mike Evans last year. Interestingly, Mike Evans had some success against Ramsey last year, but I am going to fade that he's going to have that much success against him this year, given the fact that Jalen Ramsey is the best corner in the league. Um, I think my personal preference here would be under four and a half receptions as opposed to the receiving yards, uh, the chance that he catches Ramsey once deep, um, you know, could potentially, you know, destroy the receiving yards, but four and a half receptions. I like the, a couple of things here, actually Dwayne McFarland, who, if you guys do not read Dwayne's fantasy content, you're blowing it. Um, some of the best stuff out there, very data driven. Um, the, uh, Tampa Buccaneers blitz at the highest rate. Um, or sorry, the, the Rams blitz at a top five rate uh, in the league. The Rams, uh, the Bucks do blitz at the heaviest, but whatever. Rams, uh, wow. Rams blitz a lot. Um, Chris Godwin, who probably won't be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey, right. most uh, common recipient of a target versus the blitz. Um, so I think that also plays into it a little bit. I like Evans under receptions. Yeah, I like that one too. I do think I do think that's going to be a popular play. Obviously, with the Jalen Ramsey shadow, shadow situation, people are obviously going to expect him to lock lock down. But as you said, Mike Evans, some prior success. Maybe people are buying into the fact that he can take advantage of that. I'm not at this point in time, so I definitely like Mike Evans. I do agree with you. I think under 4.5 receptions is definitely uh, the best approach if you kind of are targeting that matchup. But I will leave you one more here. Javante yeah. Williams over 12.5 carries plus 102 Ooh. price. I kind of like this one popping out. I do think that the Broncos have kind of obviously had really positive game script from a Javante Williams perspective in their first two games going up against the Jets at home, 10 and a half point favorites. Greenline does like them to does like the Jets to be able to keep it a little bit closer than that projection. But I do think uh, the Broncos are still going to be well ahead. Javante Williams has had more of the rushing attempts than Melvin Gordon, who has been involved a little bit more in the passing game, but I think he's easily going to be able to kind of get over these carries, be the one that's kind of salting the game away. So at a plus price, 12.5 with, with a number that he's already gone over in his first two games, I think he's only going to continue to take over uh, the majority of the rush attempts in this backfield. So I really like that one from the rookie uh, coming up here in the later slate on Sunday. So let's get one more, George. But absolute, I know we've had the lock of the week. This is like the mini lock of the week at this point. So, um, look, I, I, I can't contain myself when it comes to props and I've already given you a couple of great ones, but I, I'm not going to give you one more. I'm going to give you two more. There we okay? go. That's all um, we for. And, uh, the first one is Devonte Adams returning home to the Bay area, um, against the 49ers depleted, uh, coverage unit. Seven and a half, it, you're going to pay a little bit of a minus price there. Um, he, the, his over hit on Monday night uh, already uh, this past week. Right. I like it hitting again this week. And then the Justin Fields uh, inaugural start, I think, is going to have a nice, um, a very nice uh, start. Over one and a half passing touchdowns is plus 145. Um, so I really, I really like that one. Right. Yeah. I was, I was looking at opportunities to play Justin Fields. I do think, you know, we have a little bit of value on the pass touchdowns. I do like quite a, quite a bit him, you know, basically going over a number of different areas. So I do think that is definitely a viable play. I do like the bears potentially covering. I think you missed the best of it. If you could have gotten that seven and a half, 
that were some value there. Seven, I don't think it's necessarily the number to be playing them at that point in time. But we will see. I like all those picks, George. I think we're going to have at least a 5-0, and 6-0 and week from a player props perspective, even if it doesn't happen in the Circa Millions at this point in time. But we will see. I appreciate you joining me in. From everybody at PFF, make sure you guys check out all the great content, all the great tools that we have available. Make sure you're getting all that plus EV value on your bets as we head into Sunday. From Ben Brown, joined by George Tahiri, we appreciate you guys listening to the PFF Betting Podcast.